This is TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And the State of the Saints podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Over 2 million men worldwide choose Manscaped for all their below-the-waist needs. For those that love the Lawnmower 3.0, well, I got news for you. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0. The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. The new trimmer even allows you to customize your trim all through additional guards lengths, sizes 1 through 4. And looks wise, it's sleek with a two-tone matte and gloss finish, even features a hot foil stamp, black chrome Manscaped logo. Show your more off loud and proud. Go to manscaped.com, use the promo code State of Saints, and you will save 20% off of the lawnmower 4.0 as well as other Manscaped items. That's manscaped.com. Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast, where we talk New Orleans Saints. And we have a special guest with us here on the State of the Saints podcast. Some of you, well, some of you, all of you should know uh, this guy from New Orleans.Football, the official plug of the New Orleans Saints. I like to call him Mr. Nick Underhill. Nick, how you doing? Hey, doing well, man. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank, thank you for being here, man. Thank you for, you know, coming back to the State of the Saints podcast to talk Saints football. Really do appreciate it. Um, first, the uh, first thing I just wanted to ask you, you know, uh, training camp, you know, is is here, right? You know, I mean, the, the veterans are reported uh, today. And um, there's some very intriguing storylines. But one storyline that is among the, the rest that's, that's making his rounds is about Michael Thomas and, uh, Michael Thomas, uh, you know, of course, uh, he got injured week one of last year and he had that ankle injury that kept him out of nine games. And everybody kind of thought that, you know, Michael Thomas would, you know, get a few surgeries in the offseason and he'll be ready to go. But, you know, according to, you know, all the outlets, they're saying that he got surgery in June. So, I mean, what's going on with that? Why <laughs> why did he wait so long, you know, to uh, get surgery? Or is, is there something that we as fans uh, don't know about? So he, he went to a specialist right after the season, got it checked out. They're kind of like, hey, let, let's see if rehab will work. Take a month, six weeks, come back. We'll check it out again and, and see where things stand with it. And from what I've been able to gather, that return visit, for whatever reason, just never happened. And then I don't know what occurred between, let's say, February 
in June, but when he went back, when he was mandated to go back, OTA's minicamp, Saints checked him out, saw the ankle. Ankle wasn't in good shape. They sent him out to get surgery. Now probably out about four months. It's six to eight weeks for, for the repaired ligament to kind of take hold, scar over, and, and become strong. And then six to eight weeks after that, it just getting to the point where you can run and cut to the point where you want to be. So, you know, June, add four months, you're, you're somewhere, September, October, probably for that return. And, you know, that, that all is very dependent on how he recovers, if there's no setbacks, all that stuff. And I think, you know, they'll, they'll be careful with it this time, seeing how last year went, just to make sure that when this is done, it's, it's done, it's over, he's healthy, he's good to go. But, I mean, look, the timing of it, I, I don't think it would be really any worse. You know, it's just it comes at a point where there's just not a whole lot you can do about it, and he's going to miss the time. You know, I do think the one thing that that helps is historically, you know, Sean Payton has done a really good job of, of scheming guys open. Right. You know, it's always been kind of like one alpha wide receiver that can get open when everything goes bad. And then just guys that run the system, run good routes. They aren't superstars. Their, their pedigrees, when they leave, they typically don't do as well as they did when they were with the Saints. So, I mean, I, I think there's a chance that they can scheme their way through this. But, I mean, losing Mike Thomas is is about as big a blow as you can take on an offense that's going to have a new quarterback. And they were going to really, really depend on him to make that transition easier. But, you know, that just ups the degree of difficulty for, for Winston or if uh, Taysom Hill happens to win that job. Yeah, I mean, there, there's some, you know, there's some, I guess, like some theories going on around here, you know, when it comes to Michael Thomas. Some people are saying that uh, he's not happy with the organization. You know, they talk about, like, you know, his lack of uh, availability, I guess, talking to you all when it comes to the media. And, uh you know, do you feel like there's any like truth uh, behind any of these things? You know, is is Michael Thomas like frustrated uh, at being a New Orleans Saint at this point? Yeah, I mean, I've seen the people say that he's pulling a Scotty Pippen here and basically right. put off his surgery. He's like, hey, I'm going to rehab yeah. on your time. I, I don't think right. that's something that, that he was trying to do. I think Mike Thomas cares about football as, as much as anybody cares about anything. And, you know, I think that's just really his DNA. I think he's a guy that. You know, I think he's a ball is life type type of person that, you know, football is just who he is, what he does. And I think not playing is probably the worst thing right. in the world. To him. I, I just think that, you know, he, he just maybe got some bad advice or, or thought he was at a point in his rehab where he wasn't. And then when they found out, you know, it was just you know a big setback. Is there frustration? I mean, I'm sure he's generally frustrated just with how the last two years went. And last year, some stuff happened. Look, I, I think it's a situation where when he gets back on the field, he'll be fine i think he just needs to, to play have success and things will work out for him but yeah. i mean it's just it's just been unfortunate the way it's kind of played out the last couple of years and it, it's just real bad luck after signing that that huge contract but again i, I don't think he's the type of person who, who got his 20 million a year and says you, you know what i'm good i'm paid like i think mike's whole thing is that he wants to be the best wide receiver to ever play football and i think that's what drives him more than money it's just like I said, I just think it's it's been a lot of bad luck, a lot of unfortunate stuff. You know, I do think at some point he's going to get back to where he was. And, and, you know, if that happens, you know, maybe by December, everybody forgets about all the stuff that, that's going on. If things are rolling good by the end of the season. But, I mean, it's definitely yeah. – I think everybody's frustrated a little bit right now. I don't see how you couldn't be. Yeah. I mean, just – I mean, I, I don't buy that theory, you know. I mean, I, I've seen, you know, on Twitter, I've seen, like, on other social media outlets – people are using these theories and I, I mean Nick I, I don't buy it you know for a guy every single year he's he was in a league you know he he's gotten better 
And I mean, you can tell like he wants to be great. I mean, you can tell by, you know, just the way that he he's driven, you know what I'm saying? Even like some of the things that he tweets and says, like he wants to be the best. And in order for you to be the best, you have to be on the field. So I, I, I can't see him like, oh, I just got this hundred million dollars. I got the bag. I'm about to shut it down. I, I don't right. see that from him, you know, but uh, you look at uh, these other wide receivers. Uh, this, this is the final question about Michael Thomas. Um, the draft. Do you think that the New Orleans Saints would have drafted a wide receiver uh, probably pretty early if they would have realized Michael Thomas would have needed surgery going into the season? I think that there probably would have been something done to address wide receiver early. I, I mean, it, there would have, there would have had to have been just because you kind of see how, how things are going. And, and yeah, I mean, they would have had to have. Look, I, I'll say this, like going into the draft when I ranked my knees, I, I had wide receiver fourth. I think looking back at it, I'd probably put it third. I had a defense yeah. but I had cornerback, linebacker, DN, wide receiver. And again, I think at the bottom, that was a mistake. You know, I think the one thing that people are doing though now, it's like, well, you know, people are like, oh, I thought they should have drafted a wide receiver. This is why. Well, like if you look at cornerback, you take out Marshawn Lattimore, you're in trouble. Like, there's, right, there's not good right. depth there. If they don't draft anybody, you go to linebacker, it's Zach Bond and, and Demario Davis. Demario Davis gets hurt. It's Zach Bond and who? Chase Hansen? I mean, it's just <laughs> the, the roster's pretty thin in a, right. a handful of spots. And I think they addressed the ones that they felt there were immediate needs. They didn't really have the money to sign anybody. And, you know, I think looking back, maybe they would have approached Jack Rabbit a little bit differently had, had they known they wouldn't have been able to trade up to get a cornerback earlier in the draft. And uh, just to go back to your last question, too, about Mike not talking to the media and that, I think that th- there's two types of players that, like, don't talk to the media. And there's guys that are just mean and rude about it. Right. Mike isn't really that type of person. I just think that there's something inside of him that, that just makes him really not enjoy the process of standing there answering questions. And right. it's not like a malicious thing. He's not mean about it. And that, that just kind of makes it okay. And I think everybody knows that Mike's just – it's just – not something that, that makes him feel good. And it's just like, all right, that's cool. You kind of leave him alone, but he's never mean about it. So that makes it all right in its own way. All right. Okay. Well, you know, I mean, that that's understandable. And I hope that cleared some things up, um, you know, as far as the who that nation. But uh, let's talk about wide receivers. Like you said, that there is basically a wide receiver by committee um, here, you know, since Michael Thomas is going to be down for a couple of weeks. But, you know, there's a few guys that are out there right now. You know, Traquan Smith, we've seen the videos him working out with Jameis Winston quite often. Uh, but uh, they also signed uh, Chris Hogan, uh, which was, you know, a good pickup. I, I think that he, he'll he fit in well. But, you know, what do you think about this wide receiver group? Do you think they'll be able to weather the storm for these uh, four to six weeks that most likely Michael Thomas will be out? I just got a text message that said my, my, my power's out. My power isn't out, but if this thing goes black for some reason, okay. it's moving my way. But uh, Okay, that's fine. Yeah, so so I think the way the schedule sets up early in the season, there's a handful of games that I think are, are advantageous for if you had to be without him, Washington, the Giants, Carolina, um, Patriots will probably have a good defense, but their offense might struggle enough to, to where you don't have to score a ton of points to win that game. So I think it's better if you have to be without him to at least have it where it's at early instead of late. I think where it gets tricky is that, you know, Anumad is out. And yeah. look, the thing with, with Lattimore, I have no idea how that's going to play out. I think we all kind of assume, like, very early that there's going to be a suspension. I just look today, like, they don't even have a court date set yet for him to go back. He hasn't been suspended yet. I think the longer this goes on, and, and granted, they could say tomorrow, hey, he's done. But, like, I think the longer it goes on, the odds of him maybe getting – 
to play and going through before the court proceeding goes, it get, get a little bit better. So yeah. that might not be as cut and dry as, as everyone thought, but I think it's just the totality of, of everything that that's gone. Like, right. you know, you don't want Jameis Winston to, to make mistakes. You want him to make sound decisions, but if the defense defense can't stop anybody and he's got to sling the ball and now you take Mike out and there isn't that safety valve, I think it gets a little bit harder to do everything, but look, if, if Jameis is making good decisions and the defense isn't, bleeding every time they're on the field right i mean there's, there's a reality i think where they can get through this three and three and then you know you, you get to the, the other side of that bye, everybody's back and, and you get rolling a little bit so i don't know if it's the end of the world but it's it's not good but I, there's a there's still a i still see a way that like it, it could work out it's going to be hard but i mean I, I don't think it's it's you know decided all oh, mics out they're gonna they're gonna go oh and six or whatever through those games right. yeah. you know it, it, it could be okay yeah. I mean, I think they'll be fine. You know, I mean, I've watched my fair share of Saints football throughout my lifetime. And I, I mean, just looking at the way that they've always been structured, Sean Payton has always schemed guys open and he has always right. utilized these guys' strengths. I mean, from Robert Meacham, Devery Henderson, Lance Moore, I mean, he always put them in position to succeed. And I also feel like some of the things that these guys did well, that I mean, coming into the league, they'll be able to utilize. And I feel like you know, even Drew Brees said, I mean, I, I was very limited. So I feel like if you have somebody like Jameis, who, you know, I mean, is limited, uh, limitless possibilities. I mean, he can throw the ball down the field. Uh, some of these guys that thrive and like, you know, drop um, throwing, going down the field, deep post. I mean, they they will be fine. And I feel like he'll be able to, uh, you know, utilize their strength. So I don't think that is it'll be that big of a deal. You know, I, I think they can win some games. I think they can win some shootouts. I mean, because of you know, the type of talent that they actually have. Uh, but as far as, uh, you know, wide receivers, last, last question uh, about this, who, who's that one wide receiver that you are looking for to make that leap to uh, maybe somebody that members of the Who That Nation don't really have the eye on, but you think is going to uh, excel? Look, to, to your last point, too, it was, what was it, the Bears? And there was another game they were without uh, Emmanuel Sanders and Mike Thomas last year. And I think Brees threw for – at least 275 in both right. those games with right. Traquan Smith and Callaway is the top mm-hmm. guys. So, right. I mean, they can still move the ball. And as you said, that was with a quarterback who was ridiculously limited and, and yeah. couldn't do a lot of things. So, I mean, it, it's sacrilegious to say in some corners, but I mean, I think realistically, like there is a chance that quarterback is better this year than it was last year. If, right. if those guys aren't making mistakes, I mean, the arm strength and, and the things you can do on offense are going to be, it's going to be expanded and they'll become harder to defend. And, I did a story uh, last month. Just I looked at, at 2016, how far away the deepest safety was from the line of scrimmage on every mm-hmm. play versus last year. And right. it was like a 2.7-yard difference mm. on every play. And, I mean, that's significant. If they're squeezing down like that, even your underneath stuff, like you're giving a guy a nine-foot head start on, on crashing down and making a tackle on right. that Mike Thomas slant. And right. they move back a little bit. There's a little bit more room for, for those catch and runs, and the field opens up, and you can hit those out routes a little bit easier and all that stuff comes a little bit better um you know it, it, as far as who's got to step up I mean I think it's it's obviously like Callaway's got to be the guy to, to take right. that next step and I know that they think a lot of him um right. you know Trey Kwan too I think you know we see we see the work he's putting in with Jameis and if it, it's got to mean something I don't know how much it's going to mean but that that chemistry's got to it's got to amount to something like that they're going to hit camp I think going uh you know 100 miles per hour together they're going right. to be acclimated and you know I think he could really start to to show what he can do 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And then Marquez Callaway, we just seen that he actually changed his number from 12 to 1. So if you win the number one, you got to ball out. You know, <laughs> you can't. Yeah, you got to live out that. Yeah. You, you got to ball out. That's you a no. Yeah, exactly. You got to, if you win one, you got to ball out. Um, but um, look at that. I had um, I had Keith Washington on the show a couple of days ago, and, you know, he was talking about some of the things he was working on in the offseason. He talked about he worked on his footwork and he gained seven pounds. You know, some things that the coaching staff wanted him to, uh, you know, wanted him to do. Uh, do you think that Key Washington has a chance to be a part of this like rotation or maybe, you know, being, you know, being in that number? I don't know if it's necessarily a number two, but could he be in that running to be in that competition? Or do you see him more of a special teams guy or a practice squad guy? I don't know what Keith told you, but he's, he's got an amazing story. Last year, um, he was he was kind of on the chopping block. They, they brought in some uh, cornerbacks to go through COVID testing, and then once they got through the COVID testing, they were going to practice. Right. It was a five-day lapse. Like, you had to come in and you had to test clean for five days in a row. Mm-hmm. At the end of that five days, the way I heard it, like, Keith was being replaced. And wow. he kind of saw that, that he was on notice, and they brought in these cornerbacks, and, like, he, he found something within himself – and he just he just started playing incredibly. I think he had like six interceptions during training camp. Right. And I mean, he he really looked good by the end of camp. But he he figured it out. Got put on notice. Responded exactly how he should have. Right. Spends a year on the practice squad. Look, I, I think he did everything he needed to do last year. Um, if he continues on that momentum, makes growth. I mean, I I could see him challenging for a spot on the roster. I mean, it's not like the the depth on this team is you know really anything where where. You know, a guy couldn't come in and, and win a job. I think it's going to be pretty wide open, you know, top to bottom. Like Ken Crawley's on there, PJ. Like, you could beat out those guys. Someone plays better. They aren't entrenched by any means. So, yeah, look, and I'm encouraged by, you know, young optimism in a young guy. Like, really, I can't I can't overstate, like, how much he came on last year. Like, six interceptions in, like, half of the camp. Like, it was, like, not wow. good. And then he was, like, really, really good going down the stretch. So, just being able to see the ball like that make plays. I think he's got a shot for sure. Yeah. I mean, he's a, and he's a humble guy. You know, I was uh, talking to him like before we actually did an interview. I mean, he's family oriented. I'm talking about his grandma was on the, on the call, his sisters. I mean, he's a he's a humble guy, you know, and, you know, it, it makes makes it easy to root for him. And I think, you know, just uh, looking at some of the things that he did in, in his mind frame, it would not surprise me if he's part of that rotation. Uh, final question for you, Nick. Uh, you got a lot of members of the Who That Nation that are ready to jump off the cliff. Everybody's talking about the Saints are going to fail. Woe is me. This is going to be a terrible football team. They don't trust Jameis. They don't trust Taysom. Uh, what would be your message uh, to the Who That Nation uh, to have them not worry so much about this team? I think it's two things. Like One, it's, it's temporary. The setbacks are, are all temporary. It's not season long. They're going to get back to the point at some point, you know, and I think it's probably week six, week seven, they'll probably have all hands on deck. And I think that the, there's a chance for them to get rolling. All they got to do is really survive that first month and a half and the schedule sets up decently for it. The other thing too, is you got to look at the coach. Like if the coach is who you think he is, the stuff, there's ways around it and they might not win every game. Like Green Bay is going to be a really tough game, but again, Washington giants, Carolina, I think the Patriots are beatable. Like right. some of these games early in the season, it sets up okay for them. And, right. you know, I think I think they'll get to where they need to be if the quarterback is good. I mean, I really think that everything comes back to that. If, if Jameis is a good quarterback or if Taysom is, you know, I, I personally put my money on Jameis being the starter. But mm-hmm. if, if he's not making mistakes, I think Peyton can find a way 
to win these games. It's just you, you got to survive, not get too far underwater, and uh, you know just just hope you aren't you aren't sunk by week six, week seven. Right, and, and that's what I I don't understand. Like everybody is like feeling like all hope is lost, but if you look at it in the grand scheme of things. Drew Brees' uh, story and Jameis Winston's story are virtually identical. Like, if you go back to 2006, people seeing this six-foot-tall, 200-pound quarterback, people didn't know what to make of Drew Brees. They they knew that he went to play for San Diego. He played okay. But if you were to ask just a casual, everyday Saints fan, do you think that when Drew Brees signed, he was going to end up being who he is? No, like Nobody would, would say, yeah, I, I did at that time. I mean – you have the same situation. You have a quarterback who left a team, left an organization that wanted to go in a different direction for another quarterback. And you have the same coach that is, is willing to nurture this person's talent and make them all, to, you know, make them all time great. You know, I, I just don't understand like how anybody in the who that nation don't understand the irony in all of this. You know, I mean, you didn't have a lot of us didn't have these type of views on Drew Brees when he first got here. So I don't understand, like, why people can't give Jameis an opportunity to, you know, rewrite the narrative, just like Drew did. Uh, but, uh, Nick, Nick uh, thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. Uh, before you go, let everybody know how they can get in touch with you. Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Nick underscore Underhill. Instagram, New Orleans Football. Website's New Orleans Football. So we're out there. Uh, training camp updates are coming. If you want to know who – who completed every pass. We, we tracked the routes run, who's in coverage, everything you need to know what happens on the field uh, over the next six weeks. It'll be on the website. So uh, check us out. Yeah, definitely. You know, check out uh, New Orleans.football. Also check out the podcast as well. I mean, you all do an excellent job over there, man. And enjoy your commentary and enjoy your breakdowns. And uh, we look forward uh, to hearing from you uh, when the season starts, man. Thank you for all your hard work. Uh, you definitely the, the hardest working man out there right now, man. So I appreciate your time. Appreciate that. Thanks for having me. All right. Take it easy, man. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, that was uh, Mr. Uh, Nick Underhill. Uh, and um, yeah, man, shouts out to, you know, shouts out to him. Doing an outstanding job out there, man. You want uh, information about Saints football. That is definitely the guy uh, to go to. Uh, but look, I, I don't fall into that category like everybody else. Um, you know, everybody is around here talking about all hope is lost. And, you know, I, I mean, I took a couple of days off to kind of departmentalize things, man, because quite frankly, you know, some of these Saints fans out here are annoying me. You know what I'm saying? They really are annoying me, you know, because on one hand, you're supposed to be this, you know, this diehard Saints fan that just love the team and support the team and, and I will never give up. And then all of a sudden, everybody acting like all hope is lost. I mean, I just don't understand it. And for all my people out here that are talking about, well, Drew Brees and Jameis Winston are two different people. That is correct. Drew Brees is different from Jameis. How? That, that's all I want to know. You know that now. It, it's like, you know what I'm saying? It's like reading an entire book through versus going to the bookstore and looking at the title of a book. That, that's basically what you're making is, you know, Drew Brees, his entire body of work has already been solidified. He has broken all type of records. He has done so many incredible things. He has given us so many great moments in a who that nation. And you have Jameis Winston, who has yet to write a book. Who You know what I'm saying? So how is it that everybody out here can just say that all hope is lost? 
I, I I guarantee you, there's not like there's not a Saints fan out here that can tell me that in 2006, when Drew Brees signed on the dotted line with the New Orleans Saints, that you thought that he was going to go down in history as the greatest and the most prolific uh, quarterback of all time. It, it's a it's a process. It's a process. Who that nation? I mean, that's that's just the way that it goes. So I'm willing to allow this entire thing to work out as far as michael thomas is concerned for all the people out there that saying michael thomas oh you know he he don't want to play for the saints michael thomas like he he what, what took so long we don't know the situation that's going on man how many times have you know you've been you know what i'm saying hurt or injured or something like that and you go to the doctor and you say oh man this really really hurts and they say, well, you know, you just got a little soreness or whatever like that. And, you know, come come through on a follow-up. You know, like, you know, uh, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to give you this. Just come through in a couple uh, weeks or a couple months on a follow-up. Let's just say, for example, you start feeling good again. You don't have no pain. You don't have anything like that. Most likely if that appointment come up, you're going to be like, ah, I don't really don't need to go. You know what I'm saying? Maybe that was one of those situations. Maybe he, you know, like they even said that he thought that he'll be able to rehab it without surgery. And honestly, if you don't have to get surgery, you, you, I mean, you're going to do everything that you possibly can to make sure that doesn't happen. So I think that Michael Thomas wants to be great. I think that Michael Thomas wants to be one of the greatest wide receivers of all time. And it's just sad that you have some of these frost and flaky New Orleans fans out here, New Orleans Saints fans that are just out here, man, just blabbing off and talking about this man needs to get traded. And I just feel like this is hypocrisy of the highest order. This is straight up 100% hypocrisy, man. Like, because when this dude was out here catching all these passes, everybody talking about you can't guard Mike. Oh, Mike, he a beast. He out here balling out. He he doing his thing. Now, all of a sudden, like, the guy get hurt. Now, all of a sudden, you feel like he has no value to you anymore. But that's the way that we do things. And it's sad. It is sad, man, to watch people that, been boosting this man up, hyping this dude up all these years because he's giving you all these great moments. The guy goes down and has like, you know what I'm saying, some hardships and all of a sudden we ready to abandon ship. What we have is arguably a guy that can go down in history as the greatest New Orleans Saints receiver of all time. And yet we don't even appreciate this guy for everything that he's done. It's easy to, you know, it's easy for us to go against somebody when when they, they have no value to us. But everybody out here telling this man selfish, like, y'all don't know what's going on with this guy. You don't. You know, and I, I mean, if, if and, and when the guy comes back and he goes out here balling out, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it, man. I do not want to hear from some of y'all. I don't want to hear he a beast. I don't want to hear can't guard Mike because when a man was down, you was ready to throw him up out the door. Oh, Michael Thomas, uh, he he's selfish. He mean, like, he fighting with teammates. Do you know how many football players fight with teammates? Everything don't make the news, folks. I mean, this might be this might be a shock to some of you out there, but every time something happens, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to show up on Twitter or TMZ or Facebook or Instagram. People fight. I mean, come on, man. How many fights have y'all seen working out at the local gym at LA Fitness? Pick up basketball games. 
Dude, you know what I'm saying? Dudes getting mad at each other. You know what I'm saying? Like people getting mad at each other. Testosterone, you know what I'm saying? At an all-time high. Then all, you know what I'm saying? Like it happens. Especially like if somebody getting the best of you or you getting the best of that person, you frustrated, you trying to make things happen. All of a sudden, you know what I'm saying? Like you might end up, you know, going at it with some one of your homeboys or something. That's just the way things are. Some of y'all want some quiet boys. That's what y'all want. That's what y'all want. Y'all want, y'all want football players on your team to be just like politicians. That's that's what that's what y'all want. Y'all want people to shake hands, kiss babies, be nice, you know what I'm saying? Button their shirt all the way to the top. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Take pictures with their families and stuff like that. And have, you know what I'm saying? Have the chimney in the background and the and the two Labrador dogs. And that's what y'all want. But everybody ain't like that, man. Like the thing that we love about Michael Thomas cannot be the same thing we dislike about Michael Thomas. Because the things that he's doing gets him to that level that we appreciate that helps the saints win football games i don't see why anybody in the who that nation don't understand that and for all the fans out here that's ready to write the saints off because you know drew Brees is no longer here and the saints are going through hardships like man please please jump off the wagon man we we don't need you over here we don't need you over here i don't need that negativity in my life because some of y'all are fickle fickle fans man like seriously that it is it's it is sad to watch because some of y'all gonna be eating a lot of crow and a lot of you put some stuff in the atmosphere that i seen and some other people seen and they're gonna let you hear about it so here's the thing i trust sean payton i trust sean payton the same way i trusted sean payton who took a six-foot-tall, 200-pound quarterback and made him an all-time great. I trust the same Sean Payton when that six-foot-tall, 200-pound quarterback was down in a game versus the Carolina Panthers. He had Luke McConnell throw for 300 yards. I trust the same Sean Payton who took a guy in five games, made him go 5-0, and and got him paid three years, $60 million with the Carolina Panthers. I seen Sean Payton take a guy who a lot of people consider as a Swiss Army knife and not a good quarterback and turned him into a quarterback that gave the team three wins and one loss. I trust this guy. I trust Sean Payton to make tough decisions, like getting rid of some of his buddies, guys that he he grew up in the coaching ranks with, in order to replace them with guys that he felt like would be more suitable. That's the that's the Sean Payton I trust. Some of us we like we're saying that we don't trust this dude. That that's who what it is. Sean Payton is the architect behind the New Orleans Saints, regardless if you want to buy it or not. Well, it's the players. Who you think select the players? Huh? Who you think in a, in a, in a room with these players? You know what I'm saying? With these, uh, with these front office people. Who you think is in that room? When they're looking at film, when they're trying to find good pieces that, to, to mesh with the team, to get good locker room guys, good high character guys, guys that can do what, he needs them to do. But nobody, for some apparent reason, trusts John Payton. I don't get it. I, I, I really, I just don't understand it. This dude, every single quarterback that has come into the game, has played every single game to a point where it's rather they won 
or they were on a on a cusp of winning. Luke McCown threw a pass in the back of the end zone to Brandon Cooks, and Josh Norman made an incredible interception, leaping off his feet. That could have easily been a win. Teddy Bridgewater goes 5-0 with the New Orleans Saints when Drew Brees goes down. I'm not even counting that Week 17, 2018 game because the Saints put two offensive linemen, they picked them off the street in order for them to get through the game because they already had the first, the first round by the number one seed. Taysom Hill wins three games. I mean, come on, man. Like, how in the world can't we not trust a coach like this? Somebody help me out. But let me go ahead and read some of your comments, man. Let me go ahead and read some of your comments. Uh, me and TJ want some dogs. Ten toes down, man. Exactly, fam. I want some dogs. I, I got enough of that a couple of years ago, man, when them boys was soft as a postopedic pillow. When them boys' defense was just absolutely trash. They couldn't tackle a mat problem. If the mat problem was two plus two, they, they were horrible, man. And like I said, they changed the whole dynamic of this squad. And I appreciate that. Button shirt all the way to the top. Exactly. That's what they want. That, that's what some people want. People up here talking about, I don't like Winston. You know, I don't like him. He don't seem like he a nice guy. Huh? What? All right, what the, what the hell is this, man? Mike, this dude is this trying to be the quarterback of a football team. This dude is trying to help the team win some games. Y'all, man, I don't know what y'all want. Y'all want city council. Y'all want mayors. Y'all want senators and presidents. What I need is some Rough Riders, some dogs. You get what I'm saying? All the rest of that stuff, I don't need. I don't need no nice guys, okay? You want to be a nice guy to, to your wife or your girlfriend or, or, or your boyfriend. You know, <laughs> like, you know, like you, you want to you be, you know what I'm saying? You want to be nice to them. You want to be kind to them. I don't want to see nice guys on the football field. Nice guys on the football field become personal trainers at LA Fitness and Planet Fitness. That's what happened. That's what happened to nice guys who play football. Sorry. You know what I'm saying? You can be nice off the field, but on the field, if you nice, guess what? You know what I'm saying? You can tell me about that $40 package, you know what I'm saying, to help me with my arm and my chest work. Because that's the only thing you're going to be able to do. That's the only thing you're going to do. Nice guys definitely finish last when it comes to football. Let's see. Official Young Nola, forget them. Why you think I gave these idiots the treatment? I don't know exactly what was going on there. I guess I must have strolled past that. So you would be okay with Hill starting if Peyton says so? Yeah. Because, Sarah, at the same time, that would mean that he outplayed Jameis. And I would say that, look, I think some people, if you've been following me, you think that I got like some type of personal vendetta against Taysom. I do not. Okay. I just feel like Jameis is a better quarterback than Taysom Hill. But if Sean Payton says, okay, uh, you know what I'm saying? I'm a Taysom is going to start. I trust that because I feel like he went through the process in order uh, to wean out who is, you know what I'm saying? Who is lacking? Who's better. Right. So if he does that, then I'm okay with it. I have no problem with it at all. Uh, as far as the wide receiver position, I'm cool with that too. I I'm looking forward to seeing what some of these young guys can do, man. Like when the last time you really been just this, this excited about a Saints training camp? Like you rarely ever just see like these men in storylines, right? 
Okay, we have Michael Thomas. He goes down, but you still have Marquez Callaway. You still got uh, Traquan Smith. Uh, you still got, you know, guys like that. You know, you still got Deontay Harris. Still got Lil Jordan Humphrey. Jawan Johnson, you know, don't know what he's going to do. But you still got some young guys that are hungry. And maybe given the opportunity, they'll be able to shine through. Okay? I mean, as a matter of fact, I mean, they, they got Quine Baker, right? You know what I'm saying? They, they got all these different young guys. And they even, you know, they even got Hogan. Oh, oh my bad. Not not that Hogan. <laughs> Chris Hogan, okay? Chris Hogan. You know, everybody know Chris Hogan. If you watch some New England Patriot football, I mean, he was uh, Tom Brady go-to guy for a couple of years, man. Got himself paid, uh, you know, Carolina. I, I want to say he went to the Jets as well. You know, but, you know, I'm interested to see that, man. I, honestly, I'm interested to see. Chris Hogan. <laughs> Kim says, I'll be waking up looking for new headlines. <laughs> look, that's the first thing you wake up, you know, you, you say your prayers and then you go look for the uh, Saints news, man, because it, it's, it's a lot of it out here. A lot of it out here, man. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Hill videos look great, though. I'm good with either starting, but I think Hill could be uh, Lil Drew, but with legs. Look, I, I think that people are looking for the next Drew Brees, Sarah, and that's fine. I get it. But if they're not Drew Brees, I'm okay with that, man, because Drew Brees was special. You know? I mean, Drew, Drew Brees is, was so special, man. You know, so I, I think that People just need to understand that, man. Like, it's like catching lightning in a bottle. It takes years for a team to find something like that. Like, and it takes decades even for a quarterback like that to exist. That's why, you know, you got to appreciate them while they're here. And I appreciate Drew Brees, everything that he's done. You know, everything that, that Drew Brees has done, all the memories that he has given us. I mean, the narrative of the New Orleans Saints have changed because of that. So, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I just think as long as one of these guys come out here and they just prolific and they play to the best of their ability, I think they should be fine. I've been saying that if Taysom gets to start, that means he outplayed Jameis, especially with pieces we're missing. We can use Taysom to be that Swiss Army knife, but hopefully Jameis is the guy. Well, hopefully, Jam look, I would hope that Jameis uh, put in all this hard work. He looks like he's in the best shape of his life. It looked like he mentally ready, physically ready, emotionally ready to go out there and just perform. I mean, I don't think that you would be putting in this type of offseason if you ain't trying to go out here and be no starting quarterback. You ain't putting in this type of work to be no backup. I can tell you that right now, okay? I mean, he basically put himself out there on front street to let everybody know that he coming. You know what I'm saying? That he out here ready to get that starting job. Like, I don't think that the way this dude been training, and putting himself out there on social media to, like, to let everybody know what he about. I, I think that he, he ain't trying to be number two. I'm looking for the next Winston or Hill. These guys would be great uh, on their own. Yeah, I, I do. I think they're going to be real great. I think they're going to be just fine. I think they're going to be just fine. Pam is, <laughs> says, stop, TJ. <laughs> you funny, TJ. <laughs> let me tell you something mean, Gene. <laughs> when i wear my suit uh 
let me see what would my nickname be uh I don't know. I just call you the Blues Brothers. Oh, I say you're on a mission from God. <laughs> That's what I'll tell you, Rudy. Uh, Jump Out J says, uh, wasn't that special? I don't know what that actually meant. Uh, let's see. I'm looking for the next Winston or Hill. These guys would be great on their own. Um, I I think I already read that. Let's throw it down a little bit. Let's go to Kent. Kent says, Quan Baker, rookie. And uh, let me see, from South Alabama, may surprise. I think he's going to be real good. I think he can be that 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 guy that the Saints need in, in the slot that can do some damage. I, I can see this dude like being another Debo Samuels. He, that's who he reminds me of. And um, a lot of the plays that he that he did was in the slot. A lot of the damage that he did uh, in college was in the slot. And he's a physical guy. And you know that Sean Payton liked those physical wide receivers, especially those that can block. So I don't know how good he is as a blocker on outside. But if he can actually do some better blocking and pass catching, you might see him on the field. Uh, Bree's going to always cheer for us being a commentator. Yeah, that's what he said. You know, he said it on the uh, Trust Levels podcast with Mark Ingram and Cam Jordan. He said, I'm always going to be a saint. I'm always going to refer to myself as we. You know what I'm saying? The team is we because I'm I'm always going to be a saint. That's just the way I look at it. So, you know, uh, I think he always going to cheer for him. I, I think once you've been embedded in a community like that, it's hard for you to turn that off. I mean, I remember Jonathan Velma, I think one of his first games, he uh, called the Saints game versus Detroit. And he, I, I mean, I like Jonathan Velma, but he was being extremely biased in that game, you know, with the commentary. So, I mean, it's hard to turn that stuff off, man, especially like when you're so embedded inside of a, a, a franchise. It's hard, you're hard to just look at them and, and not be a fan on the inside. Dennis says there won't be another Drew Brees. Uh, I think this is what the majority of the fan base needs to stop with. Yeah, but, but that's the thing. You know, it, it's like a standard, right? You know what I'm saying? It, it's like the, a, a standard. The standard is great quarterback play. He said the standard so high, anything that doesn't look like or is not equivalent to that of a Drew Brees, people going to be like, man, nah. It's like... It's like dating a guy, you know what I'm saying, a, a man of your dreams, ladies, or, you know what I'm saying, in this case, guys, a woman of your dreams, you know, and all of a sudden, like, something, I don't know, something happens, you know, and all of a sudden, you go date somebody else, and that person just giving you the bare minimum. Like, you're going to have a problem with it, because the person that you was with before kind of set the standards high, right? They, they, you know what I'm saying, they treated you with respect, they loved you, you know what I'm saying, they did all these little things for you. You know, you, you would expect that same person to be you know, to do the same or more than what that other person has done. I mean, it, it's just the way that we work. It's just the way our minds work. But I'm not expecting these guys to be like Drew because there's only one Drew Brees. There's a reason why you look at some of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. You know, there's only like a few of them. There's a handful of guys that are just all-time greats because they. And that's the reason why they get appreciated so much. It's because they come around every few few years. You know, I remember seeing primetime and Ed Reed on the same football field at West uh, Westminster, uh, Maryland. OK, uh, yeah, that, that ought to been a sight to see, you know, shouts out to primetime. Hopefully you can get my Jack State Tigers turned around. TJ, uh, when these young receiver core hit the field, it's going to be like Mike T wasn't there. Well, I don't I won't go that far, John. I mean, <laughs> you go do like the Thomas ain't there. Uh, but I think that these guys are going to be hungry. And, this, and, and man, it, it, 
it gives these guys an opportunity to really shine because now you have guys out here. They, they, they have, the Saints have to solidify a rotation, right? So the guy that most likely won't be able to get any reps because Michael Thomas would have been there, they're going to be able to get reps. Uh, a couple guys are going to be able to get reps in order for you know them to hit the field. Sounds good to me. Great opportunity, you know. Jameis, our quarterback, this man is a number one pick. Heisman winning a pro bowler. Put some respect on that man's name. Yeah, I mean, I'm more in that Jameis category. I think that Jameis will be, uh, you know, I think that he will be the starting quarterback, but we'll see. Jeremiah says, I don't care what the fake sports media, NFC, AFC division robbers say about our team at all. All I want to know is Coach Payton going to teach them uh, players a chemistry on the field at training camp. I hope our team's going to be just fine in 2021. I don't care about wins, losses, or ties. Uh, I, I show Jameis, well, I, I'm pretty sure you're saying, I'm sure Jameis Winston uh, is making a real starting quarterback in re- week one, for real, for real. Well, look, I, I just think as long as the New Orleans Saints go out there and they execute, they should be just fine. I just trust this coaching staff, and I'm just naive enough to believe that they're going to be able to get this team over the hump i'm just that naive because i'm not a conditional saints fan i'm sorry folks some of you may be conditional saints fans okay maybe some of y'all feel like the music then got turned down or hell you probably think that it's two o'clock and now they playing slow music now it's time to lead the club but as for me i you know what i'm saying i'm i'm in there um, you know what i'm saying i'm in there to that thing close okay I'm, I'm with the slow dancing and everything like that you know why because i'm in it to win all right I don't need I don't need conditional Saints fans out here. You know what I'm saying? I need some real Saints fans, some true Saints fans. Okay, some of y'all probably ain't never been in this position, so that's the reason why y'all scared. Y'all y'all never been in a position where you have not been sure about the Saints' chances. Like even you know what I'm saying? Like if the Saints didn't have a defense or they was having some issues on the offensive line, you always went into every single Sunday when Drew Brees was the quarterback and you had a feeling that the Saints were going to be able to weather the storm. Some of y'all probably don't remember back in the days when you knew for a fact that the Saints most likely weren't going to win a game. But, hell, I'm still going to rock with my team. I'm still going to roll with them. I'm still going to be saying who that. I'm still going to be saying cha-ching. I'm still going to be saying Saints go all the way. Some of y'all probably don't know what I'm talking about because you haven't been a Saints fan that long. And some of you I don't judge for that. I don't judge for that because some of you probably was a Saints fan around the time Drew Brees got there because Drew Brees was with the Saints 15 years. And I often say, like, if you're like 10, 11 years old and became a Saints fan, you're like 25, 26 right now. So all you know is prosperity. So I don't judge you for that. But I'm just saying some Saints fans actually know how black and how dark and how bleak things can actually get. OK, when you just knew. OK, like that old story, say a man walked past the car. He looked in the window and seen two Saints uh, tickets laying on the seat. Then all of a sudden, the owner of the car, he came back seeing that his glass was bust out and he seen four Saints tickets on the seat. That's what it was like being a Saints fan in the 90s, okay? It was like like, like uh, Jim Henderson would say. It's like having open-heart surgery week after week without an aesthetic. That, that's what it was like. That, that's, that's what it was like. It, it was horrible, okay? So you have to excuse me if I'm still optimistic because I feel they still have a plan in place, and I think that Sean Payton is going to do right by this team. Sorry, I, I can't I can't jump off the bandwagon like that. Okay. You know, I mean, that's just the way that it goes. Strolling down a little bit. <laughs> uh 
They say, I got a new uh, brim for Dora, TJ. It's white and black. Man, I'm about to check that out, Rudy. I'm about to, to check that out, man. I'm about to check it out. Shouts out to you, man. Uh, Rock versus Hogan, top five WrestleMania match. Brother. <laughs> uh, back to uh, being an ain't. Uh, I don't know exactly uh, who you're a fan of, but you must be mistaken with your team. I don't know. I assume. Uh, I don't know who you're rooting for. Uh, I see a Seattle uh, Seahawk uh, versus a Green Bay Packer under your name. So I don't know if you're a Packer fan or a Seattle fan. And if you're a Packer fan, I would hope that you ain't on here talking noise. The fact that y'all were supposed to be the best team in the NFL and y'all allowed a team that would just join together, come into your building and knock you off. You know what I'm saying? For the NFC championship game, we all supposed to be the prohibitive favorite and have the, arguably the best quarterback in the NFL. So, I mean, come on, man. Like, if, you, if you're if you a Packers fan, then, <laughs> I mean, you still, you're in the same boat. Because <laughs> at least the Saints got a defense. I mean, y'all boys out there getting smoke roasted and toasted out there. At home, by the way. <laughs> TJ, do you think we can hold it down with cornerbacks we have? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think Brian Poole uh, was a good addition. I think they probably got him so, you know, you can use P-Rob inside as well as outside uh, until, like, Paulson Adebo, uh, you know, gets up to speed, and maybe they'll probably put him on the outside. But I'm, I'm rooting for my guy, Key Washington, man. I hope that he makes the rotation. I hope that, that, that he goes out there. And like Nick said, you know, Nick Nick mentioned, you know, he – he, I mean, this guy had six interceptions in, in training camp last season. Now, I wanted to ask him <laughs> – who would who who threw the interceptions? I would like to know. Was it was it Taysom? Was it Jameis? Or was it Drew? I would like to know. I, I should have asked him that question. Speaking of wrestling, TJ man, Roman Reigns looking like one of the best uh, all time heels, and I've been digging the uh, new Otis being a heel. Yeah, man, I think Roman Reigns doing a really good job as a wrestler. You know, I mean, I think that was the the thing that changed, resurrected his career. And um, Otis, you know, I don't like the fact he ain't got no mustache. He makes him look like Francis from uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. But I, I just like the way that they rebuilding him, man. I like that. I think I think Vince likes him and he wants to make him work. Uh, do we know the exact uh, day in June that Mike T had surgery? Uh, no, um, they just know that it happened in June, and you know, I guess the expectancy of uh, you know, I guess like the time for you know him to get back on the field would be like around October. Uh, the funny thing is I was just trying to get something in a realm of possibilities and what seemed like a great deal. I guess you're talking about hat. <laughs> uh, Drew Brees was holding young quarterbacks back. Um, I don't know if he was holding them back because if they were out, you know, out dueling him, out playing him, they would have hit the field, you know, but uh, the Saints probably would have went in a different direction. Like if it would have been like Patrick Mahomes, let's just say, for example, the Saints would have got Patrick Mahomes. I would have to say that Drew Brees most likely want to finish his career as a New Orleans Saint. I mean, why, why would he, you know what I'm saying? When you got that type of talent coming off, you know what I'm saying? Like sitting and waiting in the wings, like you want to go out there and get this dude, you know, you want to go out there and, and, and show this dude off. So, yeah, but I don't think that the Saints had no other quarterback that could out, you know, outdo Drew, you know, Drew was just that competitive and he was just that much better than everybody else, even at his worst. You know, he still was better than anything else. That's the Drew Brees fans always looking for the next Drew. Uh, there will never be another. And that's the bottom line. Yeah. I mean, 
I don't I don't look for that. You know, I, I don't look for that. You know, it, it, <laughs> the, the guy is special. You know, you, you're not going to find that everywhere, you know. And and I just hope that Saints fans and I and they're going to do it. I mean, it's going to happen. Every time one of these quarterbacks throw a pass to go over somebody's head or throw it short or get picked off, Drew went through that. Drew went through that. Drew went through that. Like, obviously, they're not Drew Brees, you know. Obviously, you know. I just think that we just need to suspend our thoughts and, you know what I'm saying, look at it and take it for what it is and evaluate these guys based on them playing the position well, right? You know what I'm saying? If they're not playing well, trust and believe we're going to have ourselves a show, okay? We're going to have ourselves a show. I don't mind calling people out, but I'm not going to get mad at a guy for throwing an interception because he's not Drew Brees. Um, that's not the way I work. I don't, I don't, I never work like that. Um, I don't feel like you should work like this, quite frankly. Uh, who should the Saints target for a defensive tackle replacement? A uh, person I feel like uh, would be Geno Atkins. I think that he would be a good fit. A good veteran guy, still has a chip on his shoulder. Uh, a couple more good seasons, he might find himself uh, in a Hall of Fame. Uh, coming to a team that has a winning culture, I think that would be intriguing to him. Uh, you know, the fact that he's been playing for the Bengals all these years close but no cigars not winning any playoff games i think when guys start to get to the end of their career they want that championship so you know their their hall of fame resume can can look more appealing you know to the to the hall of fame committee and i just think that he's on the threshold of a hall of fame if he gets himself into a super bowl plays in a super bowl or wins a super bowl i think that can be the deciding factor to get him into the hall of fame because geno atkins has been a really good interior lineman for a number of years and it, it would be good to see him uh go to a team that can use his services and uh, his service could his services can pay dividends uh to the success of a team jason says people like to praise evans and godwin for both being 1000 yard receivers but ignore the fact that james is the one that threw them the ball exactly you know but that's the thing you know people look at the 30 interceptions but you ain't looking at the 30 touchdowns and you're not looking at the 5000 yards and yes, it's 30 interceptions, and yes, it's an eyesore, but it's still 30 touchdowns. You know what I'm saying? Like, trash quarterbacks don't throw 30 touchdowns. You know, it's, you know, they if they throw in a whole bunch of interceptions, I mean, it's like, you know, their touchdown rate is, like, very, very low. Like, this guy, you know, throws a lot of touchdowns, he threw a lot of, and he threw for a lot of yards. So, I trust, I trust Jameis to be able to go out there and make the right decisions. And this also comes from a team. He's also coming from a team that didn't have a really good offensive line and they didn't have a good running game. And they had a coach that just wanted to throw the ball all over the place. I feel like with the Saints, they'll have a little bit more of a balanced attack. Uh, Sean Payton does a really good job at scheming. Okay, so if if your first option isn't open, you can always check it down. There's always that guy like you can just check it down to, probably just get a couple yards, possibly not lose any yards. So I think that this can really help Jameis. This is the first time in Jameis's career where he actually has an offensive line and a running game that, that he can rely on. And he doesn't have to go out there, be the is all be all. I think when guys are, you know, supposed to be the guy on the team to win the game, that pressure can get to you, especially when you don't have a supporting cast. But he has a supporting cast. He has guys that can make plays. All he has to do is get the ball in their hands. And he just has to take what the defense gives him. And he's also, you know what I'm saying, there's nothing wrong with 
you know, taking what the defense gave you. But there's also nothing wrong with being aggressive. If you can make that throw, go out there and make that throw. I have no problem with that. So how long is Sean going to hold out telling us who's the starter? Well, I want to say, um, I want to say Maddie made a very good point about this. Kim, I, I think they should prolong it as long as they possibly can. I mean, just because we don't know doesn't mean a team doesn't know, Kim. And you have to look at it from a stra- strategic standpoint, right? You know, you don't want the left, you know what I'm saying, the right hand to know what the left hand is doing. So as long as you can keep Matt LaFleur guessing, you know, in the game going towards week one, I mean, that, I mean, that has to keep him up at night. So that way he got to look at footage on Taysom. He got to look at footage on Jameis. And he has to have his team prepared and come up with a game plan by week one. So for, for me, I would milk it for what it's worth. I wouldn't tell him nothing. You know what I'm saying? I would let the team know. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't tell any reporters. And I just keep it on the low. I just keep it on the low. And, you know, I'll just let the other team sweat it out and guess and guess who's going to play. That, that's just the way that I would do things. I think that that would be a great strategic move by Sean Payton. As long as the team know where they can get themselves prepared for week one versus the Packers, that's fine by me. I don't need to know everything. Okay? I can I can wait and, and, and see what they're going to do. Dog, these fans be fake. Uh, I don't want to say that. I don't want to say they fake. I just think that they just worry about every little thing. And I just think that they just don't trust the process or the coaching staff. Like, I just think that they – they have been programmed all these years by reporters, media, people telling them that Drew Brees is the is-all, be-all of the New Orleans Saints. And, and to their credit, he was. For, for a long period of time, he was. He was the is-all and the be-all. But for the last about three or four years, if you have not noticed, this team has basically broken out of the shadow of Drew Brees. And they have solidified themselves as a team that doesn't need Drew Brees. And for two years, you've seen that, unless you were blind, unless you were just like, man, let's just get through this game so Drew can come back. You you have failed to, to appreciate how good this football team has been collectively as a group. If you have a team like this that can play for one another, that play as a cohesive unit, there's no selfishness there. Who congratulate? each other when uh, when a person scored and is genuinely happy and the only thing that matters is the success of the team then you have yourself a championship pedigree you have yourself a championship culture and that's what the saints have so if you're one of those fans that's still looking at drew 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 and not have an appreciation for demario davis emerging as a leader and cam jordan emerging as a leader and some of these young cats on the defensive line and Lattimore and marcus williams developing as a safety and and all of these other players, these young guys like Deontay Harris getting involved in a wide receiver game. If you haven't took taken the time to show appreciation for that, then I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. You are basically neglecting yourself from actually seeing how good this football team is. And also you're worrying yourself, as my, as my grandma would say, half to death, you know, over something that if you just – look back and just analyze it it's not that big of a deal i just trust the process folks i'm just naive enough 
I'm just naive enough to believe in Sean Payton in the coaching staff. Roderick, thank you very much for the $5. Says, uh, what up, TJ? What did I miss? Well, first off, uh, at the beginning of the podcast, uh, you missed the interview with Mr. Nick Underhill. You can check that out, um, you know, when it's over. is at the beginning. And we're just also just talking about some of the Saints' uh, storylines. Roderick, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate that. Uh, let's see. Strolling, strolling down a little bit. T says, I wish Mike uh, would have had that surgery soon as the season ended. Guess uh, he had his reasons for waiting. T, yeah, I mean, look, I, I know it's frustrating, but we don't know. You know, we don't know why. And he doesn't strike me as a guy that would jeopardize uh, his playing time to prove a point. I, I don't see that. I don't see that. I don't believe that. Uh, I just feel like um, it would just, uh, you know, it was just probably one of those situations where he thought he was fine and he thought he wasn't going to need surgery because he was feeling fine. And maybe he didn't follow up because he was feeling fine. And when they checked him out, they found out it was, it wasn't good, you know what I'm saying? Or something that could have, you know, caused him hardship down the line. So I'm not going to knock him for that. The dude wants to be great. And the guy's been too great over the last couple of years for me to, to think or like even insinuate that uh, he doesn't want to play. I'm excited to see what we can do this year. The only concern with the guys we put out there on the field, coach will have those dudes ready. And I believe they'll answer the bell. Well, look, it's, it's a kind of a changing of the, of the guard. It's a, it's a little bit of a retooling process. And I understand that we want to go with people that have proven themselves, right? Somebody that's solidified, that's certified, like a first or a 15th check, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, first or a third or whatever, like, you know, you get your check. Uh, you know, you want somebody that's certified, right? You want to certify as uh, as signing your signature for for some mail, right? I get it. You know, it, it's easier to go out there and get a guy with a name that can put your mind at ease. Okay, I mean, some of us probably wanted Golden Tate, right? You know, what I'm saying more so. Uh, some of us probably even looked at some footage with Dez Bryant, probably wanted that. Nobody expected uh, the New Orleans Saints to go out there and get Hogan. You know. FYI, anytime I bring up his name, that, that will be played. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, let me see. Our O-line, arguably the strongest part of our team. There's no arguably about it. They are the strongest part of the team. You know, uh, when you uh, got Ramcheck protecting you, I'll go to war with anybody. Yeah, Ryan Ramcheck, the best right tackle in football. No ifs, ands, or maybes. All right. <laughs> and no ifs, ands, or maybe. Uh, that's going to keep uh, me up late at night, too. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Drew Brees or would have been uh, kicked to the curve four years ago. Yeah. Yeah. If they would have got Patrick Mahomes, yeah, he want to finish his career in the world. People really think we're going to run a two quarterback system. This is Jameis team, in my opinions. First off, man, look, I just want people to understand two quarterback systems do not work. And some of us will probably say, well, what about when Taysom Hill hit the field? That's in that's in small sample sizes. That's not. Okay, if the if the Saints throw the ball 40 times, it's 20 for Jameis, 20 for Taysom. No, that, those, those systems never, ever work. I want to say I want to go back to, uh, I think, the Cleveland Browns. I want to think that when they had, like, the two-quarterback system, I want to say they had uh, Kelly Holcomb and they had somebody else. And it was, like, running this two-quarterback system. And it just didn't work, man. It didn't mesh, you know. Like, Kelly Holcomb will go out there and ball out, and then the other quarterback, he'll struggle. You know, but it, it just didn't work. 
So it's best for you to just select who the quarterback going to be. If it's Jameis, then you roll with Jameis. Let Taysom do his thing. Uh, if, if it's Taysom, then you let Taysom just do his thing. And if you want to implement Jameis to come in for a few plays, you know, then that'll be fine too. But those two quarterback systems where you split the reps, that does not work. i never seen it work. i never seen a two-quarterback system work nowhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, you see quarterback controversies, right? You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, you don't just see these two guys out here dueling it out and splitting reps in the middle of a game. Like, that just throws out the whole chemistry of the team. And not to mention, you know, you have these, these wide receivers, man. They're working with one particular uh, quarterback and they memorize like quarterback tendencies that mean you got to memorize two quarterback tendencies the playbook is already tough as it is now you got to remember the playbook and the way that uh james is going to deliver the ball or Taysom going to deliver the ball on this next play now nah, that that's that's not going to work for me that's, that's not going to work that, that's just not going to work for me uh i'm not mike t but I had my knee injury in February and didn't get ACL repaired until November. Like TJ said, you try to avoid surgery because the recovery can be worse than a healing injury. Yeah, and that's it, man. And, and nobody like getting cut on. Like, seriously, man. Like, if somebody tell you, okay, you know, you might need surgery, but to prevent, you know, to prevent from getting surgery, you just rehab. What you going to do? You know, like, you're going to be like, man, let me go out here and rehab because I don't want nobody cutting on me. You know, things can happen, man. Like, you know, you get that surgery, you still get that soreness in you. You know what I'm saying? That they probably linger around. Like, nobody want to deal with that. I try to avoid it at all costs myself. But we just looking at it from a selfish standpoint because it doesn't really apply to us, right? You know what I'm saying? It's almost like, you know, telling your best friend that you need to leave that guy or leave that girl, right? It, it's so easy for us to say, but we ain't thinking about the time that we that person put in with that relationship. We ain't thinking about all the feelings that that person have because we're on the outside looking in. We have no emotional investment in this whatsoever. The only emotional investment that you have is the fact that you want the Saints to win. And Michael Thomas gives the Saints a better chance of winning, uh, you know, in your opinion. And that's the reason why you're thinking like this. But I feel like this, man, with any situation in your life, this, this what helps me with a lot of these situations and not jump off the cliff and not get so you know what I'm saying? Irrational about things because I look at it from my own personal standpoint. That's the way I look at it. Like if this was my family member, like we, we look at these football players as larger than life individuals. Right. But we don't look at them as actual people. They're actual people. Some of the decisions that they make actual people make because they're actual people. So if a guy, you know, like, Getting mad at Michael Thomas calling himself and saying they need to get out of go out, get out of town or whatever like that. It's just amazing to me, man, how we just so quick to turn on these these players and we never look at the organization. Like we look at like even situations like Delvin Bro, right? Everybody out here, you know what I'm saying, getting mad at Delvin Bro talking because the, the, the story came out. Oh, you know what I'm saying? He can play, he can play. But it turns out the doctor, you know, misdiagnosed him. Dude couldn't play. Dude's leg was actually broken, right? But we trusted the organization when they said that, oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, we need some, you know what I'm saying? We we need somebody tougher than it, right? I mean, we don't know what be going on. We quick to turn on these players, man, but we don't know what the situation is. We don't know why this dude decided to do what he did. But I just think that it, we are so quick to, like, turn on these players when they don't give us what we want. And that's not fair. 
So I'm not going to knock Michael Thomas. I'm not. I'm not going to disrespect this dude because Michael Thomas is a hell of a football player. And, and once again, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, some of y'all going to still be up here cheering for this dude when he come back, as if y'all didn't want this dude to get traded and calling him selfish and all that kind of stuff there. That is that is hypocrisy. You're a hypocrite. Okay? If, if this dude, if you don't like this dude, you're saying the dude needs to get traded, you're saying that you're not a fan now, don't be a fan when he comes back, when this dude catching about 10 catches for a buck 72 and two touchdowns. Like, go ahead, you know what I'm saying? Don't, don't cheer for him then. You know, I, I'm I'm just being serious. I'm I'm not going to, I'm not going to knock somebody that makes a decision that you would have made yourself. But I don't make millions of dollars, right? I mean, that that still don't defeat the purpose. You know, I mean, I, I don't know. We don't know what happened. It, it's easy to speculate. TJ got Hulkamania running wild today. <laughs> yeah, man. You know. Yeah, we got we got to man. Uh, Sean Payton, no Hogan is smart and a vet, and will have no problem uh, learning the offense. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, he's a smart football player. I mean, he's a guy that that Tom Brady used to rely on uh, as a safety net. I'm a little concerned. Uh, he has that uh, he has that little bit of a Nick Foles syndrome. You know, he only can play for one team because everywhere else he went, he wasn't as good and dynamic as he was. Uh, when he played for the Patriots, just kind of like with Nick Foles, he's not the same quarterback anywhere except when he plays for the Eagles for some apparent reason. You see, who that TJ? Uh, who is the new wide receiver the Saints picked up? Uh, <laughs> they they picked up uh, they picked up. I think people just uh. <laughs> I think people just want me to play that now. <laughs> uh, hey, TJ, me personally, I think the uh, Saints will run the ball a lot uh, in the beginning of the season. We have a top three running game, especially uh, with the addition of Alex Orma. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's a good fullback. I think that he'll be a good guy catching the ball out of backfield, good check down guy. It's been a while since we had a good check down guy at fullback, man. Been a while, been a while. Good to have good to have a guy like that back, you know. Good to have them back. Uh, but I want to take the moment to thank the fine folks at Manscaped for being an official sponsor of the State of the Saints podcast. And uh Manscaped, you go to manscaped.com, uh, the home of the lawnmower 4.0 that's available. If you want to purchase the lawnmower 4.0, uh, you just go to manscaped.com, use the promo code State of Saints, you will save 20% off of your purchase. 20% off, man. And I'm telling you right now, Manscaped has some really great products, man. I use Manscaped products. They're really good company, uh, solid folks, man. They really do their due diligence to give, uh, you know, this great technology to give you all these different grooming products. And uh, I guarantee you'll be happy. So go to manscaped.com. No matter if you buy the lawnmower 4.0 or any other uh, Manscaped item, you use the promo code State of Saints, you'll save 20% off. Uh, I would really appreciate, you know, uh, if you purchase my item from Manscaped, you know, they're official sponsor of the State of Saints podcast. And I, once again, want to thank Manscaped for being that sponsor. Uh, let's stroll down a little. I'm going to take a few more, then we're going to get up out of here. Jason says, the mainstream media has spent years building this narrative about the Saints, looking for any reason to put the team down. I can't wait to see them all eat crow this year. Yeah, that's because they don't, 
the, the Saints don't fit into that status quo. You know, the America is about nostalgia. Like America loves nostalgia. Like that's why these old cartoon movies be coming out. That's why all these different movies get remakes because we love nostalgia. And those same teams that that have been, you know, relevant since the days of Vince Lombardi, they they elevate those teams because it's about the history and the peasantry of football. And you have to talk about the teams that's ingrained in that type of stuff, right? So when you have a team like the Saints come into the spot that start winning and knocking off these teams, and but you elevated these teams, it, it takes a shot at their credibility, right? You know what I'm saying? Everybody out here. Oh, man, you know what I'm saying? Like when the Saints playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, before the playoffs, everybody just thought that, oh, the Saints beat them this time. But in week nine, they're about to go out here and destroy the Saints. And the Saints end up destroying them. So, of course, you know what I'm saying? They did a lot of backtracking. They kind of like was, you know what I'm saying, being very sarcastic about it, making it seem like, you know, because it's a shot at their credibility. And what I've learned about people in the media it's not all of them, but some of them, like they're extremely arrogant and they really care about what people think about them. Like, and if they feel like any story or any situation makes them look bad, they try to backtrack. They moonwalk like Michael Jackson at the 25th Motown anniversary. That's, that's what they do. They do a lot of backpedaling because they, their word is basically their validation. They, their word is basically why people gravitate to them. Me, not so much, okay? I, I just get behind this mic. I just give my opinion. Some people just say, well, you said this, you said that. If I'm wrong, I don't mind saying that I'm wrong. But a lot of people take some of my words and make them gospel, right? And they feel like my words, like, you know what I'm saying, like makes me for some apparent reason, like more credible, you know? And if I get something wrong, like it's a shot at my credibility. No, you know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, none of us have all the answers. All of this stuff is just pure speculation right now. Like me having this conversation with you all, me reading your comments, the things that you all are saying right now, all of this stuff is just pure speculation. That's all it is. So I don't try to get tied down today. I try to give my opinion to the best of my ability based on the information that's presented to me. And I try to give it to you all in a more passionate way. Uh, but, you know, I don't feel like just me being right all the time has anything to do with this. I do it because I love it, not just to be right. There's so many people that come on this show rather than taking phone calls or even in the comments that have opinions that I feel like are better than my own. And I will shot them out for it, you know? But I feel like once you get to a point where you feel like nobody can tell you nothing and you you so arrogant to a point where you just feel like when I say it is, people going to react to this, that's when you need to just put the mic down because, you know what I'm saying, it's about giving people information. It's not about building a damn cult. And some people want a bunch of followers. You know what I'm saying? They want people to follow them and listen to every word where they can actually control them like puppets on the string. This is a this is an open forum. This is a conversation. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm not the is all and be all the conversation. And neither do I feel like media people need to portray themselves as that. You know, that that's something I feel like is lacking these days, especially as some of these sports talk radio shows. You know, you have one voice up in there. And you know, if somebody come on with a valid point, you got the producers turning the, the sound down so the the host can sound louder than a caller so they can sound more credible. Like, when you're doing stuff like that, man, it's time to get from behind the mic because you just knowing that to feed your own ego. TJ, uh, wishing you and your family great health in this COVID spike, brother. 
uh, Hollywood Hogan voice. <laughs> I, uh, man, thank you so much, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's getting crazy out here, man. It's getting crazy out here, man. And, um, you know, I know a lot of people are concerned about this whole vaccine situation. I know a lot of people may think what I think about this whole vaccine situation. Uh, I'm not trying to avoid anybody uh, or avoid uh, answering this question. Look, I just feel like if we say that we live in America, we have to understand that we live in America. We can't live in America based on condition. You know what I'm saying? By You know, we say it's the land of the free, home of the brave. We've got the freedom of speech, freedom of expression, freedom of choice. So some of the choices that people make, we not be, we may not particularly agree with. Like me, I've been vaccinated, right? I got family members that don't want to get vaccinated. Yeah, they feel like, you know, they don't, they don't want to do it. They feel like other alternatives would be better. Then you have other, you know, you got people out here that, that feel like they did the research and they don't want to do it. I, I don't I, I don't want to knock anybody for that. OK, I don't want to knock anybody for that. I see people going at Pulse and Debo saying, man, he you know, what I'm saying he wrong for this and all that kind of stuff. Look, it, it's about choices. It's about choices, man. I mean, it is what it is. You know, I, I mean, I hate to say it like that, but it's true. As long as we're living in this country, people are going to do some things that we may not be able to agree with but i'm not in a i'm not in a business of telling people how to live their lives i just hope that they actually live with the situation whatever they decide to do they got to be able to live with it you know but i i don't i don't have no i don't have no issue with him like as long as he go out there and he play football and he don't put the team in harm's way and he goes out there and he you know performs and he stays you know what i'm saying he stays away from things that can possibly uh get him you know you know, give him, uh, you know, COVID, then I'm, I'm fine. That's your choice. That's your choice. I mean, me, I, I, I took the vaccine. I'm comfortable with taking the vaccine. I don't, you know, and as far as like people saying people still getting COVID, like you have uh, Chanel on here. I mean, I'm pretty sure she can, you know, she can attest to this. Like just because you get, you know, a flu shot don't mean that you ain't going to get the flu, Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, just because, like, you get a certain type of shot don't mean that you're going to get, not going to get that. I mean, that's that's with anything. You know, that, I mean, that's just how it works. There's, there's really no 100% guarantees when it comes to vaccination with anything, you know? I think that people are missing that particular point. But if you don't want to take the shot, I I, I don't care. Like, I, I don't care. Okay? I, I mean, that's just, that's just me. I mean, that's just something that you come up with. But I will say this, make sure that you do the research before you make these decisions. Don't base your decision on what anybody has told you or you watching the news or listening to a 10 minute talking head. You know what I'm saying? Talk about why it's bad. You know, do it because you actually did the research and you feel like it's, you know, the best decision for yourself. You know, not because somebody told you that, because that's when you start falling into the sheep category. I'm sorry. But it's true. That's when you start falling into the sheep category, when you allow somebody to create the narrative for you and you run with it. TJ, what up, man? Pretty annoyed with the Mike T situation. Yeah, King Arthur, I think we all are, but let's just see how it turns out, man. It may not be as bad as we indicate. Ramsey says, another seizure last time. Okay, TJ, uh, just chilling, painting a Division II. Uh, I guess saying playing Division II. I, I know not all the games have been recommended because you've been very quiet because there's a, uh, not a lot of games uh, delays as well. 
Yeah, Ramsey, man. First off, I'm glad that you're doing okay, but I'm always a little bit concerned about you when I don't hear from you. So I'm good. It's good to know that you're doing okay. So thank you for being here. Sorry that you had to, uh, you know, deal with that siege situation, but I hope you get back to help. Um, I hope everything you, you feel better, man. And you already know you always got a place here, man. You always can tell us about these video games. You always got a spot here on the show. So wishing you a speedy recovery, man, so you can get back on the show so you'll be able to talk and talk a little bit about the games, man. So uh, get well soon. Let's see. Jasper. Uh, let me see. Ramsey. I guess I'm talking about Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey was also one of those guys, uh, Jerry, that didn't want to take the, uh, take the shot. Amen, TJ, is a personal decision. Yeah. Let's see. That vaccine, the mark of the beast, like the Bible say. Uh, Mark, uh, I'm going to have to disagree with that. I mean, look, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, like, sit up here. Like, you, you're entitled to your own opinion, man. But as, as for me, I just feel like I think we're taking it a little bit too far. You know what I'm saying? I think we're taking it a little bit too far. The the biggest issue that I feel like we feel the way that we do is because of all of this white noise around us. Everything has become so damn political. I mean, everything, every situation from your, from, you know, who you voted for last time. Um, you know what I'm saying? The, like black and white, uh, you know what I'm saying? Hispanic, Asian, all this stuff, all these different controversies. You know what I'm saying? Of, gotten us to a point where we just are paranoid and skeptical about every doggone thing. Like, and honestly, like how they say a bullet ain't got no name. You know what I'm saying? Some of these news stories, like they just put them out there in the atmosphere and whoever get it, they get it. Right. And they run with it. Like, and I just feel like there's this, this divide that we have as, as, as a people and it's driving, it's driving us away from one another. And we're not even looking at like what's really going on here. Like we'll say things like, oh, I watched CNN or you know, MSNBC or Fox News and they told me this, right, about the vaccination. Some people have prohibited you from taking the vaccination, but they probably sitting up there fully vaccinated. Like people tell you these things for nefarious reasons, for on their own personal gain. And here's something that I really noticed. Like, you know, we are becoming accustomed to labeling people without getting the opportunity to know them. I feel like that's what social media has crippled us at getting an opportunity to really know a person. We sit up here on 200 plus characters or a lone die tribe on some of these other social media networks. And what we do is we go back and forth and we just think that a person's views, you know what I'm saying? Tells us about this person and we don't talk to that person and have a conversation with them. So we don't understand context. That's something I feel like we're getting away from. Everything is just so political. And because it's so political, it's it's drawing us away from one another. And one of the strongest things that's out here right now that's that's driving force for a lot of this stuff is us identifying some of these, you know, saying issues when it comes to racism. You know, a lot of people are doing these things. If if you're out here trying to bring awareness to it, fine. But you have some people out here that's pushing these narratives because it works. And some of us get caught up in this nonsense. You know, I don't want to be caught up in the nonsense. I, I, I refuse to allow news, social media, or any other outlet define a person to me. You know, I, I want to find that out on my own. 
I just feel like some things you need to go the classic route. I use this example quite a bit. It's like walking up to that girl asking her for a phone number. I, the classic approach of walking up to a person, what do you actually mean by that? It's been a couple of times where a person will actually type something, they'll call in and they'll tell me the context and it sounds completely different than how I read it. But if I'm just reading it, you can interpret it any type of way. It's almost like if a person texts you and they use all caps, but they're doing it from their computer and didn't realize their cap lock was on like that. And you'll say something like, why are you yelling at me? And they're not yelling. They just didn't realize their cap lock went on, right? Or they didn't pay no attention to it and didn't think nothing of it. So I just think that we just need to change. I just think the way we just need to change how we deal with one another and understand that this, this politicizing is was driving us away from each other. I was studying about the history of the Saints, about owners and heirs. What can happen after Gail Benson? Her football uh, is different from the NBA and the NFL. Well, I, I assume that it will actually go to the Saints Trust or whoever that may be. I know that uh, the family isn't on the books. I just hope that they can actually reconcile. You know, I, I don't know what happened. I know it's funny when, when it comes to the money, uh, but it's sad to see a family just get torn apart like that. And uh, I just think that Gail Benson is a really good owner. I mean, she does a good job at, you know, not knowing what she don't know. And when she don't know it, get out the way and let somebody else do it. I think she does a really good job at facilitating. So uh, I have no no problem with that. And I think, you know, I mean, I, I think they got, you know, they got the Saints Trust. I don't know who it is exactly, but I'm pretty sure they got some people, you know, they got a, they got a, a plan if something was to happen to Gail. Uh, I would like to understand if Rita, uh, for what I, I saw, can jeopardize the future of the team since it had 30 assistants in six years and also entering the issue at the age of Peyton and Loomis. Well, I will say this, okay? Um, Rita Benson LeBlanc, I feel like she did a really good job, right? I just think that she was a little bit of a tyrant, you know, from what I heard from, from people. Um but I think that you need to have that little bit of dog in you um, in order for you to succeed. Uh, but I do feel like there's there's levels to it. Uh, and I feel like she was just trying to get too heavily involved. Uh, and I feel, feel like the way that she was probably interacting with the coaching staff, uh, I think that uh, Tom Benson didn't too much like. So that's the reason why he decided like to relieve her of her duties. But I, I ain't going to say that she – didn't do a good job because she did. The Saints were better under her watch. Now, you can say that Tom Benson in the latter part of his of his life, you know, he he, you know, he stopped being so cheap. <laughs> like, you know, like because Tom Benson used to be hella cheap. He we ain't used to keep nobody. Good players, he didn't care. He wasn't trying to shuck out no bread, right? He just trying to put a product out there, and that's about it. But towards the twilight of his career, that's when he started opening up that checkbook. Okay, so yeah, there's that. Hey, TJ, how that gym been treating you? I, I'll be in there later doing some upper body work. Yeah, I was in the gym earlier uh, today. I worked out uh, before I actually did the show. Yeah, I uh, went to the gym. Let's see. Uh, yo, TJ, I haven't been on the chats. It's because sometimes you're streaming late at night when I'm asleep, so I miss catching them or in the middle of a Division Two raid. So I really uh, can't look at it. Oh, it's fine, Ramsey. That's fine. I understand, man. You know, 
it, it, you can watch it anytime you want to, man. You know, you don't have to watch it live. You know, you can watch the replay. Appreciate you uh, checking in the south, though. Uh, Sarah, Nick, Perez, Wilson, yes. Mike says hit the like button. I agree with that. If you're enjoying the State of the Saints podcast, please hit the like button. I would really appreciate that. You know, if you're liking what you what you're hearing. Uh, I saw a picture of how the Superdome looked not too bad. Yeah, I think it looks beautiful. I, th- I think it does. I, I think that some people are going to have a problem with it because we just don't like uh, change. Uh, some of us are traditionalists. And uh, when things uh, become different, we have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with it, okay? It, and I, de- I guarantee you the Saints don't have a problem with it when that check cleared. You know what I'm <laughs> Look, if, if Caesars uh, was giving me a check, if they had a, a million-dollar check for me, guess what, what this show would be called? <laughs> Caesars presents, <laughs> shoot, the State of the Saints podcast. Cut the check, you know? That, that's, that's all that matters is that the check cleared. Uh, I'm going to take a ride at night over the Mississippi River Bridge to see it with the lights. Yeah, that, that ought to be pretty cool. That ought to be pretty cool right there. Uh, let's see. TJ. It says, TJ, uh, what are your thoughts on Brian Poole and Chris Hogan? Um. I think they're both good moves. I think that Brian Poole is a, a solid pick. Um, I think that uh, Chris Hogan is a good guy you probably can put in a slot and also on the outside maybe do some damage. Uh, I think that both of these guys are smart football players and they have what the Saints are looking for. Uh, Brian Poole was ranked, I want to say, number seven at his position, uh, you know, before he ended up getting injured with a shoulder injury last season. Uh, he, he played really, really good. He's a good tackler. Um not so much on that play where Drew Brees spent off of him, but uh, I think that he's a really good player. And I think that Chris Hogan can be a really good player depending on, depending on the circumstance. And I think that he can thrive in the Saints offense because Sean Payton is going to be calling plays for him. Uh, Sean Payton has neglected the wide receiver court for three or four years and is finally going to cost the Saints this year. Larry, we don't know that for sure. And we can't say that they cost the Saints hardship three or four years because that's not true you know the saints have gotten uh wide receivers you know what i'm saying like they they had brandon cooks and they had michael thomas and you know what I'm saying michael thomas was that alpha dog and even like when michael thomas was the number one guy they still went out there and they got Ted in junior they still tried to go get cam Meredith. that didn't work out you know they still got emmanuel sanders so they they acknowledged that you know what i'm saying they, they tried to acknowledge that i just feel like because they didn't get a well-known, well-touted wide receiver that you, you know, that you recognize. I think that is a problem. But, you know, Marquez Callaway was an undrafted free agent last season. You know what I'm saying? He was an undrafted rookie. And he still went out there and he performed well. Deontay Harris was an undrafted rookie. But he came to the New Orleans Saints and now look at him. Both guys, you know what I'm saying, we're looking at to be, you know what I'm saying, that play a role in the success of the Saints this season. So, we, we have to have that wait-and-see approach. I get it, right? It, it would be much easier if we heard somebody like Elijah Moore coming to the, you know what I'm saying, to the Saints, right? You know what I'm saying? Like somebody like that, right? Or, or somebody that we recognize, right? You know what I'm saying? Maybe one of the guys from LSU, Marshall, Terrence Marshall, who the Saints probably would have got, you know what I'm saying, if the Panthers didn't, didn't trade up and, and get them before the Saints did. So the Saints want to get players, but they want to get the right players. Like – Sometimes, like, we get mad that the Saints don't get 
certain players, but they may not be the same, the type of player that the Saints need. You know, they want to get guys that's not going to mess up the, the chemistry or affect the team or set the team back. They want some guys that can do what they need them to do. So I think we need to have the wait and see approach on this. I, I, can't, I can't say the season is going to be bad because I haven't seen the season yet. I can't say that these guys can't work out because I, I didn't see, I haven't seen these guys play yet. I mean, I haven't. So I can't be afraid or be scared at something that I have not seen. Uh, maybe Larry, maybe not. We shall see. Yeah, I mean, it, we have to have that wait and see approach. I just, I just wish that we would do this. You know, I, I get it, right? All this winning, all this success, and now, it's like for the first time, we we're a little bit nervous as 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 Saints fans. I understand that, folks, but please, like, let's just wait and see, and then we can just work this thing out. Like that, we we can work it out then. We can we can talk and acknowledge that then. But it's hard for me to talk about things that I have not seen happen yet. That like that's 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 definitely stress you out, right? I mean. You you deal with situations when they come to pass. When when those situations come on your doorstep, you handle them, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't just be sitting around here, everything going right, and just like, man, you know, man, I, I wonder what's gonna go wrong. Like, I, I can't work like that. Hey TJ, uh, you had said you are dealing with diabetes. Well, I've been using Dr. Diabetes. Uh, my A1 levels have went down. Give them a try. All right, I'll give him a shot, man. Yeah, for those that don't know, I'm a type 1 diabetic. Um, been a diabetic, got diagnosed in 2019. So I'm definitely an advocate for, you know, you know, living a healthy lifestyle, um, you know, controlling blood sugars. And, uh, you know, for all of our people out there that's, that's dealing with diabetes, you know, there's always information that's available. And, um, you know, we just, you know, just make sure that you're eating healthy and, you know, and, and keep that positive mind frame and make sure that you're working out as well. I read we picked up a new corner. Uh, how good is he? If we're talking about Brian Poole, yeah, he's pretty good. He's pretty good as a, as a slot corner. And I think you need a guy like that, especially since the, the last couple of years, Patrick Robinson has been getting injured. And plus, he's up there in age. So and then if Patrick Robinson just so happened to play, you can also put him on the inside and outside. And you can have Brian Poole in, a, you know, in the uh, in the slot as well. Uh, TJ, do you think Brian Poole will make a splash on defense? Uh, by splash, if you're talking about being where he needs to be, yes. Uh, if I if you're saying splash by getting a bunch of interceptions, uh, no, Mario, I don't. I don't think that's uh, how he plays. I think he's just a physical guy. He's a sure tackler, and that's definitely something that you need. Uh, you know, in a, at the corner position, you need a cornerback that can cover and make tackles. Brian Poole, Saints, uh, man, they say he one of the best slot corners around. He is. He definitely is. Go check him out. Go check out the analytics on Pro Football Focus. It'll tell you, you know, I mean, if you're into that type of stuff. But, I mean, I, I watched him play. Uh, he's pretty solid. TJ, I know this is a Saints podcast, but do you like uh, – um, let me see. What do you think of the possibility of UT and OU moving to the SEC? Do you think it'll happen? Uh, Jared, uh, thank you for that question. Uh, no, nah, it's fine. I have no problem with that. Um I think that would be a good move for both schools. Uh, I think that just would be a crushing blow for the Big 12, though, because those are the two schools that's really keeping that, that conference afloat. Uh, University of Texas, uh, OU coming to the SEC would be huge. It would be 
you know, it would be beneficial for the SEC. Um, I feel like the recruitment process would change. Uh, I, I feel bad for Texas A&M because the whole reason why Texas A&M moved to the SEC was to get out of the shadow of Texas. Uh, but I think that it would be a good move uh, for both schools if that was to happen. Uh, it would definitely help with their recruiting process. They're already really good schools with really good history. Uh, Texas has been down over the last couple of years. Uh, I, I want to say that uh, maybe that'll help with their recruiting process for them to get back to the, you know, the days when Mac Brown was their coach and you had Colt McCoy, or Vince Young, you know, days like days like that. You know, when you had that 05 national championship game, when you had an embarrassment of riches on both sides of the football, you know. So I think that it would be helpful to them. You know, I think that it would help them out more so than the SEC because the SEC don't need them, right? I mean, they don't. You know what I'm saying? The SEC don't need OU or Texas. They do just fine. They still are the premier conference in college football. I know people in the Big Ten and people in all these other conferences. No, the SEC is where it's at. They generate most pros. Uh, you know what I'm saying? They got, you know what I'm saying? They go to the national championship college football playoffs every single year. So you can't knock that. So OU Texas needs the SEC more so than the SEC needs any of those schools. All right. I mean, it, it, so it would be a good look, but it would be more so for them. Brian says uh, it would have been nice if we could have kept Emmanuel Sanders for one more year. Yeah, it would have been nice, but Money, 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 money. Very important, man. Very, very important. But who knows, uh, who knows, man? Brian uh, might not even need him. You know, might these these wide receivers might make you think, uh, forget about Emmanuel Sanders. That that's just the whole point. <laughs> uh, let's see. Hey, TJ, uh, do you think uh, we are covered as far as the cornerbacks are concerned? Uh, I think they're young, uh, but with, when you're young uh, and unproven it brings out a level of hunger in you, right? So I think these guys are going to be prepared. I think they're going to be prepared. Um, and and that's another that's another position. You know, I just think that, you know, my guy Keith Washington, you know, him coming into his second year, if you didn't check out the interview that I did at the beginning of the show with Nick Underhill, um, check it out. Guy had six interceptions in training camp. I mean, he was on that trading block. I mean, not trading block, but the chopping block. And he, he stepped up. I mean, now you got another year. He, he said he worked on his footwork and he also gained a little bit of weight. He's already six foot one. So he already had that wingspan that most coaches look for in their cornerbacks. And who knows with Chris Richard as his, as his uh, secondary coach, who knows the sky's the limit. Then you have, uh, you know, Bryce uh, Mitchell out there, if I'm not mistaken, if that's his name, I want to say Bryce Mitchell. Um, yeah. I mean, a guy out of Tennessee, another guy who has a lot of confidence. Uh, you have, uh Paulson Adebo um, you know another guy that has uh great confidence in himself and I just think that you have yourself some young players that want to go out there and prove themselves and if it don't don't work out you can always put P-Rob on the outside until Paulson Adebo gets himself prepared I mean Patrick Robinson just isn't that god awful on the outside to a point where you know you can't get the young guy coached up you know for a couple weeks and then rotate him or even try to you know, sign another guy that can go on the outside. I mean, we know that the Saints are an aggressive football team. We know that, but like we seen them get Jack Rabbit in the middle of the season, right? We seen them get Eli Apple in the middle of the season, right? We seen them get Quan Alexander. So the Saints are going to do right 
by the, you know what I'm saying, by their organization. They, they're going to make sure that they put the best product on the field. We hear Sean Payton say all the time, we want to get the right 53 in the locker room. And if we don't have the right 53, we can look on the outside and bring somebody in that can be able to contribute. They're by no means trying to turn, you know what I'm saying, put a square pig into a round hole here. They're trying to put the best product on the field. And rather it's one of these guys or somebody that's yet to put on the Saints uniform. They're going to find a guy that, that is going to be able to fit uh, in this organization to bring them success at whatever position. I'm going to miss Jack Rabbit out there. Uh, it was the salary cap issues, like you said, money, money. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he would have still been playing if they had the money. But that, that's the tough thing about the NFL. It's a business. You know what this is? Uh, TJ, where do we put CJ Gordon-Johnson and Poole is in the slide? Uh, you put them in a the slide. <laughs> you put him in his light right you know what i'm saying like he'll be like one of those uh nickel corners you have two outside corners two nickel corners and also you know he can play a little bit of a, a you know linebacker role we know he can get to the quarterback and we know he can cover so i mean there, there's a variety of things that they can actually do with cj garner johnson but yeah i think he's still gonna remain being a nickel corner and I also think he's probably going to be doing a little bit more safety work. I think that's, uh, let me see, all questions. I want to make sure uh, this will be the final one. Uh, one all season with no Drew Brees and an injury suspension of two and folks sweat bullets. Buy a dog or go to church if you're scared. That's what I'm talking about. If you're scared, go to church. That's the way I feel about it. We ain't never scared over here. We ain't never scared. But I want to say thank you all for checking out the State of the Saints podcast once again. want to thank Nick Underhill for being a guest here on the State of the Saints podcast. For those that just tuned in, you can rewind to the beginning of the show. Nick Underhill was on the show. He was talking a little bit about Saints football and some of those storylines getting us prepared for training camp. I'm excited to talk about training camp with you all uh, throughout uh, the entire time and I'm interested to see some of these storylines, man. So keep it locked right here to the State of the Saints podcast. If you're on the fence about subscribing, hopefully you got off the fence and hit that subscription button. Go ahead and subscribe to the State of the Saints podcast. Hit that bell for notifications. Also, you can check out the State of the Saints podcast on social media, on social media at State of Saints, or you can follow your truly on Twitter at TJJones8 and Facebook.com. Search the State of the Saints podcast. And of course, you can check out the audio podcast on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM. Special thanks once again to Manscaped.com. Use the promo code State of Saints. Save 20% off of your purchase with Manscaped. Till next time, all I got to say is, who that?